Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing, the most trusted podcast dedicated to the new business of location. Everybody and welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 128. We're recording this live Friday afternoon, May 3rd, 2013. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in balmy, sunny, hot Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, home of the one and all Ottawa Senators over the Montreal Canadiens. That might change by the time you're listening to this, but right now they are leading. I am joined, as always... Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association, uh, home of the ON1 Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, yeah, and uh, honestly, buddy, I'm not optimistic. Oh, no. It's gonna, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna improve. <laughs> um, yeah, that was an uh, ugly game. That was, that was an, an ugly, ugly game. game. Anyhow, yes. well, we'll just leave it at that. We'll see. Uh, you know, our tunes yeah. could be changed at the end of this when when you listen to this uh, on on Monday morning because uh, by then it'll be three games in for the Senators and we'll see what happens and yeah yeah so but hey it, it is it is like eighty degrees here in Toronto and sunny so we'll we'll take yes. that uh, any day and uh, yeah we like that so anyhow welcome um, buddy number one hundred twenty eight uh, we are going to cruise through this we have a ton of stories seven stories we've got uh, our special guest today is uh, Ben Broca who is uh, the founder of, a, of an app called Now we featured it a couple of weeks ago as our app feature we actually got Ben to come on and uh, talk about what he's doing there and uh, of course we've got a little bit of news from the LBMA and our app feature of the week we don't have a resource this week we got something else that we want to throw at you a little lighter story before we do that let's talk about what's going on with the location-based marketing association well yeah there's a bunch of things there's never a shortage of events and uh, we're coming into that crunch towards the uh, the end of the the season here uh, as we go into summer but uh yeah this week coming up uh may uh, 8th to 10th is the retail technology exchange in boca raton so that should be uh, uh exciting if you're a retailer or you're a tech company trying to sell to retailers uh, and then uh, on the 23rd of May is the GeoWeb Summit in New York. So this is number six for them. Um, always great events. Um, I know uh, Maponics and some of our other uh, members are, are involved in that. I'll be down there, so come see me there. Um, and then May 28th, the LBMA's London chapter in the UK is running an event uh, on the future of High Street. So uh, that's a good one if you happen to be over, over there. And then uh, the same week on the 29th, uh, I'll be over in Madrid uh, for the Solomo Summit. And if you're over in Spain or you want to be in Spain, come see me there. Uh, and that's what we got for just for May, folks. June, June is like uh, even, even more crazy. But Spain. Anyhow. Spain. That's all I got to say. Spain. Spain. Yeah. Although it feels like Spain in Toronto no, right it's now. It's just not. It's Toronto, not Spain. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. true. Well, sounds like you've been busy and you've had a week at home to catch up, which is great. Uh, so we've got some good stories, uh, even some Canadian content, which is what I love to see is that uh, Canada is actually doing some stuff in this space. Uh, we just don't like to brag about it. So we're going to help these companies actually brag about it. What do you say we jump into this and we, we cruise through this, our first story, which is actually the app of the app of the week or what, what's fascinating us. This is yours. This is something called Twisper. Yeah, cool. Twisper. 
So relatively new app, um, you know, it's uh, been out for a few months now. Um, yeah, this is an app that's focused on the travel uh, space. So it's it's a location-based app um, that, you know, uh, we were talking about it earlier. For me, it's it's a combination of kind of the best aspects of what used to be Goala that Facebook now owns that was kind of like a social travel, uh, you know, book log, if you, if you will, uh, combining that with the uh, sort of social uh, links and, 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 and limited sh uh, sharing of your so social networks that you, you had in Glimpse. And, and so if you take all those things and kind of put them together, um, what you get is, is Twisper. Um, and I like this. This is all about, uh, for people who travel a lot, and I travel a lot, as, as, as you know, um, this kind of thing becomes interesting because we were talking the other day about, you know, Foursquare. And, and we're going to talk later about Foursquare again. But um, for me, I mean, I still check in. I still use Foursquare. But I, I could care less about badges. I could care less about deals and all that kind of stuff. What I care about and the value I get out of Foursquare for somebody who travels as much as I do is all those places that I go to in terms of, you know, the, the restaurant that I had dinner at last night or the bar that I hung out with people after the conference when I'm in a city I don't know. The ability to go back afterwards, you know, months later and look at it and go, what was the name of that place that we were at, you know, the next time I show up there or, or what have you? It's that, it's that history that becomes really interesting. And Twisper really does that in, in a great way and it helps you kind of log your, your travel, helps you discover your, the city as a tourist, um, hotels, restaurants, you know, whatever it is. Uh, it's an iPhone app, um, but you can bookmark your favorites. You can you know, share stuff with your social network. I really like this thing. And it's, you know, I, I often use something like Moves, for example, this Moves app that I'm fascinated with still. Uh, yeah. But I use this as a uh, as a way to remember where I've been. And that's what I've always used Foursquare as well. So, I, I, you know, this this Twisper might be that 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 thing. But again, this is this is going to be a challenge for the for Twisper to, to get to mass consumption, to get enough people using it, to enough density so that this is of, of, of value, because this is an area that is being contested by Yelp, by Facebook, by Foursquare to, to uh, an extent and about a million other little companies. Um, but I like this, the simplicity of this. It is exactly what we were talking about. That's why I loved Goala. Um, and it's and, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to give this a try. But the problem is. I'm up in Canada. The problem is I'm in Ottawa, and Ottawa doesn't have the density where this is actually a value where enough people are using it. Everybody in, using Twist up here in Ottawa, everybody using Tempo up here in Ottawa is because I've talked to them and watched them download it. Right? That's that's the community that we live in. So there's not a yeah. lot of, not a lot of density. But I like this. If and if you if you're interested, go check it out at Twisper.com. Exactly like it sounds. T W I S P E R.com. You download it. It's iOS only, I believe. Yes. Yes. Um, so go and, and take a look at it. And uh, if you are Twisper, we'd love to have you on the show. So uh, if, you, if you're listening to this and you happen to be the founders, reach out. Uh, Rob at Untether.tv or Seif at TheLBMA.com and let's get you on for a long-form interview to talk about what you're doing. Very cool. And just before we move into the first kind of real story, uh, just on that point that you just made, um, if, if you listen to this, if we're talking about your company <laughs> on this and you want to come on and, and – Beat us uh, up. You know, Beat us up, defend your 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 product, your solution, whatever it is. 
feel free to reach out to us. And and this week, you know, after after last week's show, I got uh, <laughs> you know uh, feedback from Fizz, uh, from Punch In, you know, and, and we love that. What good, bad, or indifferent? I mean, so I'm going to be chatting with the Fizz guys next week. We'll get them on the show. We'll, we'll give them a chance to uh, kind of you know talk in their own words about you know the value of their of their solution as opposed to what what just Rob and I think about it. But uh, anyhow, uh, so so you know if we say something that you don't agree with. Please, by all means, let us know why we're wrong. Yes, don't don't do it in silence, and uh, and don't let us just. I, I mean, we're trying to elicit a conversation with you guys, so please do that. We'll have you on the show. You know what? The the, the one thing you can't say about Rob and I is is that we just tell it like yeah. we see it. Okay, so you know what? We're we're not we're not here to you know be rah rah about everything what we're talking about and just you know uh, cater to uh, LBMA members and all that kind of stuff. We're here to talk about you know. What what we see in the industry and what we think is is valid and interesting. And uh, you know what? That is exactly what's going to move this industry forward. That's exactly it. So uh, in this kind of dialogue, we want to have. So for those of you who we have offended or those who who we have praised, let's uh, let's have that conversation a little bit deeper um, and uh, come on and defend it. The only thing we don't want you to do is when you see us at a live event to punch us. That's it. We'd yeah. No, no physical, no physical uh, stuff. Yeah. hugs. Hugs are okay, but no punching. Okay. Yeah. We like hugs. Yeah, no punching. All right, let's uh, let's let's throw the punches now, Asif, shall we? Let's dive into this and uh, and see what comes out of this. How many people we can we can anger at the end of this episode? There you All go. All right. All right. We've got we got okay. seven stories, um, and uh, our first talks about this uh, consortium called ISIS uh, Payment Consortium, and uh, and they're moving into the loyalty program. And I think we both love this because of where they're doing loyalty. Yeah, I mean, th there's so much conversation going on about mobile payments and uh, NFC and all this kind of stuff. And literally, there's dozens and dozens of platforms and like, you know, probably two or three new ones every week. Um, and, you know, the ISIS guys are guys that I see at almost every conference. You know, this is the carrier consortium play in the U.S. if you're not familiar and the first time you're hearing us talk about ISIS. So, guys, Casey Archer, Ed Busby, Jim Stapleton, all those guys that, that I see everywhere, guys, we love this one. Okay, so, so, so th this is... Th this is um, They've announced a sort of an expansion of a test that they were doing in Austin and Salt Lake City around connecting the ISIS mobile payment platform to a loyalty program around vending machines. So if you think about mobile payments and you think about that proximity-based tap and, and, and pay or NFC-enabled payments, one of the best places and easiest places to do that is on a vending machine. And so one of the early customers here has been uh, USAT, um, which is USA Technologies. They've got like 100,000 uh, of these vending machines out there that are enabled with, with the ISIS technology. And it literally, it's that simple. You just tap your phone, you pay for your pop or your whatever it is that you're, you're buying from that vending machine. Um, and what they've what they layered on top of this now is 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 a loyalty program. So uh, you know, re, it's all about you know driving repeat transactions, you know, reward, rewarding people uh, for for buying and, and transacting with those vending machines using the ISIS program. And we're seeing, uh, you know, you and I talk a lot on this show about that value of card linked offers and, and loyalty programs and all that kind of stuff. So for me, this is a really good application. Vending machines are a perfect use case for NFC and, and payments in that context. And adding loyalty to it just makes sense. And this is, you know, one of the first loyalty programs I've seen around this. Now, Coke, you know, who, who we do a lot of work with, obviously has iRewards, which is their own loyalty program around Coca-Cola product. 
Um, and, the, and the freestyle machines that Coke has increasingly out in the marketplace are, are NFC enabled. What we haven't seen yet is, is great linkages between iRewards and, and the vending machine that Coke has. So for me, this kind of jumps, you know, you know, jumps ahead of that. Uh, it's ubiquitous and it works. It's not limited to Coke machines. It works on, uh, on any vending machine, quite frankly. Um, and I like what ISIS is doing here. So uh, full, full applause to this one. All right. Um, so talking about uh, spending money, sending transactions, payments, uh, our second story. Um, when you talk about Series C, you're talking about a serious company that has uh, gone through the, the uh, you, you know, the ropes and and has raised a C to Series A, Series B, and now they're under Series C. And this is what Douala did. They raised $16.5 million. First, what is Douala for those of people who don't know? And why is this so significant, Asif? Uh, let's call it a payments network or a payments platform. Uh, so, so this is not about NFC or proximity-based payment. This is just enabling people to transfer money uh, and move money, you know, across a network without, you know, crazy fees, you know, credit card uh, transaction fees and all that kind of stuff. So they've been at it for a while. Um, these guys, uh, Ben Milne, uh, who, who is the CEO of this company, phenomenal guy, great speaker. I've seen him uh, chat a couple of times. So this is coming. This is Series C, as you said. This is a mature, you know, a maturing company in the space. Andreasen Horowitz, uh, Village Ventures, Thrive Capital, Union Square Ventures, all uh, part of this uh, this group here that's involved with this. Um, these guys, I, if I recall, I think they're based in Omaha, Nebraska, or something like that, uh, of all places. So, so, so they're you know they're they're not in uh, you know in your usual uh, you know San Francisco startup uh, or, or New York. I mean, I think they have an office in New York, but um, anyhow, they're um, it's an interesting venture. And what I like about it too is is that when you use Dawala in terms of moving money, you know you have that. Uh, uh, option of who actually pays the fee uh, you know is, is it the recipient of the money you as the sender of the money so you, you can actually control all of that uh, and, and it's flat it's 25 cents right it's not it's not a percentage uh, you know or any of that kind of stuff it, it's just a flat 25 cents I like 25 cents uh, in let when it's over 10 bucks so if you're doing like uh, if you're sending yeah. a friend money you send it by email you can send it by Facebook text message yeah. all, those, all those different ways but if you send it anything less than 10 bucks it's free uh, to transfer the cash and and certainly this is kind of, um, I, when I was reading about Milne, they were talking about the fact that he said, you know, uh, instead of just uh, kind of extending the payments uh, systems that are out there today, he wanted to recreate from the ground up. And and, and I think that this yeah. is, it's very unique. I don't know if anybody's tried Dwalla or used Dwalla, it ties into your bank account. So just like PayPal does as well, but this is a very unique offering. And, and I love the fact that it's uh, basically 25 cents a transaction and it's a volume play. And they're doing... What is it? Billions of dollars in transactions through this uh, through this platform mm -hmm. now. Um, so if you're interested in that, they've raised 16.5 million dollars. Series C and recent Horowitz. I mean, they're in every single mobile company ever made uh, you know, right now. I think that they're the number one. They've got the highest number of investments in mobile um, and payments and loyalty. So uh, huge endorsement. Uh, Dwalla.com. D-W-O-L-L-A.com. We've talked about them many times on the show, but go check them out. They've raised 16 and a half million dollars. Nice. Nice. Here you go. All right. I, you know, I got to tell you, Steve, I, uh, I have a weakness um, for, I wish I had a pack. I don't have a pack right here, but I have a weakness for Sour Patch Kids. I, I mean, it's, it's the sweet. Those are the Swedish berries. I cannot get enough of the Sour Patch kid. Um, kids. I, I, I don't know what it is. Until my tongue is raw, right? Till it's basically oh. bleeding. 
Um, and I'm, you know, we, we managed to bring a story about Sour Patch Kids and working with uh, with another company that we've talked about a couple of times, which is which is Kip on on uh, on creating a, a what I think is a pretty neat um, rewards program. Um, that, yeah. That 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 uh, maybe you can explain a little bit more. But I I love Sour Patch. I gotta go find some right now. I gotta get some around here. Somewhere. Yeah. No, I'm I'm right with you on that. And so so first of all, I mean, yeah, I mean, my kids love both. The, the Swedish berries and the sour, the sour kids, and I mean, it's it's crazy, right? I mean, how how addictive these things are, right? Uh, but anyways, um, to kind of set the story up around this is where where this where this partnership between Sour Patch Kids and Kip comes from is re really the sort of matu the maturing of a program that we were involved with uh, from Mondelez, which is Craft uh, Foods, which is the company that owns Sour Patch Kids. Um, so we ran back in the fall, along with the Mobile Marketing Association in Mondelez, a program called Mobile Futures. And this was an open call to startups like KIPP uh, to come and apply and say, hey, you know, we've got an interesting emerging technology. We think this is relevant to a, one of the Mondelez or Kraft brands, uh, Sour Patch Kids being one of those. And uh, you know the the idea was is we were going to pick ten companies and guarantee you know pilots with with, uh, with with those various brands. So this is actually the fulfillment of that program now, where Sour Patch and Kip Kip was one of the the nine companies we actually chose. Uh, Sour Patch was the, was the brand that was uh, partnered up with them, and, and and they've they've gone to market with this and they started to test this. Uh, and so the way it works is is that um, they're kind of playing off of the. You know, sort of the brand, if you will, and 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 the connotation of of you know sour and, and sweet, and kind of moving back and forth around that. So so the idea is is that when you're feeling sour, we're going to make you sweet um, by by giving you rewards. And um, and so the way this works is is that you you're basically playing a game, uh, you know, in, in a mobile app environment. And um, you know, when when you get a low score or or you lose the game. Uh, and you're feeling sour. They'll reward you, um, you know, in some way, so that you know they take take you from that negative feeling to a, a positive, uh, sweet feeling. And um, you know, and, and there's various types of rewards in this. Um, so, so I like this. I think this is this is an interesting thing. You know, kids love games. You know, uh, kids who eat sour patch uh, and, and Swedish berries love, love you know play games. My kids. My my kids play games all the time, and they love these things. So I totally see how this works, um, and it just makes a lot of sense. You know what? I, I don't understand. If you have Sour Patch Kids, you can't be down. It's just like they're little little yeah. bundles of greatness oh. and sweet and sour. Oh my god, my mouth is watering. I have some upstairs. I was about to run up and get some. Now <laughs> now the um, the only thing that I don't like about this is um, you you know what? So this is embedded in the game, and as you, I don't have the Sour Patch Kids, but I do. Look have at these. that, sweet as berries. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah, I'm desperately anyways. looking around here. I probably like you know I, I have like oh I have a little bit left. You see, here's my jar of sour. Yeah. There see? you go. That was full at one point. Yeah. Um, but I uh, I like this. You know I I think that the the tie into the games. Uh, I, I really like that a lot. If you're losing the tie in from you know turn something sour into sweet that whole thing. But uh, you know they're giving away. Um, discounts uh, and they're giving away mp3s and I thought well why why in the hell wouldn't they give away their own product right send me some sour kids buddy right or or do something like that drive me to a mailing list or or, or capture something mm -hmm. don't don't send me an mp3 like you know I understand that there's a branding play here send me some of your product send me some like yeah. that's what I want um, 
So yeah, and 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 they did they did talk to uh, apparently in the kit platform. There there's some new feature sets that they're starting to experiment with, and kind of on their on their product roadmap that kind of leverages uh, Apple's Passbook uh, capabilities. Good. So 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 they they are alluding to a sort of next phase of the program where they're going to push coupons, uh, digital coupons via Passbook around their products perfect. obviously so perfect so, so so i think that will happen yeah that, that that makes much more sense and then you can see them tying it into a like a max milk or any kind of like big brand convenience store where it's only available in, you know you can only get it from a max milk so you've got uh Mondelez, which is craft and the product and then you've got the games which is being featured in and then you've got a, a driving to a destination a single destination where you can get the product uh you know and i think that that that's a very powerful combination I like Kip about that. I've been trying to get the founder on on Tether for many, 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 many weeks um, to talk about these kind of things because, you know, that, that transition from real world or digital world into real world is, is a very important thing. And, and, uh, and here's Passbook right in the middle of it again. We think it's a huge conduit to this, especially with the user base. Mm -hmm. So Sour Patch Kids working with Kip. Very cool. Um, you know, we'd love to hear if anybody's actually gone through that process and, and has turned a sour event into a sweet event. But uh, now I just want my, my sour kids that are around here somewhere. All right, we're going to take a break. I'm going to actually go and get some sour kids right now. Um, but we're going to entertain you with our guest of the week. His name is Ben Broca. Ben is the founder of a company called Now. Their app is called Now. Uh, you can get it at Get Now app. And we featured uh, the company as a fascination a number of weeks back uh, as an app. And we managed to get Ben onto the show to talk about what now is and what it isn't um, and where their growth plans are. And this is part of a much uh, longer episode of Untether.tv uh, that will be online in, in a couple of weeks, but we get a sneak preview here for just you guys. We get maybe four or five minutes about Ben talking about what the Now app is and how it came to be. So uh, without further ado, here is Ben Broca, the founder of Now. you describe what it what now is so I, i'd like to describe now uh, as simply as possible and just say it's this app that shows you what's happening now around you which kind of a buzz like a buzz sentence that a lot of people use but it's really actually what it uh, what it is right so uh on the back end of the of this app is a pretty complicated technology that just looks at all this instagram photos public photos and, and vines and all this data that is shared by people you don't know around you and tell you a story about what's happening around you. Uh, this bar around the corner where there's 10 people who just took a, uh, an Instagram in the, in, the in the past hour, that kind of tells you a story about, okay, this place is popping right now. And all this data is really, really interesting and that's why we, we try to display in a very simple application, very user-friendly where we kind of show you what's happening around you based on this all this free public data uh, shared by people you don't know around you. I, 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 like I'm, I'm so interested by this because uh, you know I've, I've read a number of uh, of articles from you know Fast Company on, on on down and Fast Company called this a brilliant application, which I think is really great. And and even online on TechCrunch, you've gotten some great kudos and callouts from Robert Scoble when you released version 2.0 earlier this year. You've got this social discovery idea. I, I, I walk me through this process because I, you know I think that the world is full of social discovery applications right now. Uh, you know I was just mm -hmm. I just came back from San Francisco and uh, you know um, 
uh, talking with a TechCrunch uh, uh, reporter, and she said, you know, if, if somebody comes up and tells me that they're building another social discovery application, I, I probably might shoot myself right in front of them. So you've been doing this for a year. Like, this is not a new application. I want to stress that. You're on version three uh, of, a, of a quite yeah. a, a unique application. But but what possessed you to do this when, when you know, there's there are a million of these, you know, of social discovery applications out there? What was missing that you feel the need? I mean, like, first, the word social discovery yeah. is kind of interesting because, like, are you discovering people? Are you discovering places? What? Uh, so I'm an engineer by, by uh, training. And what fascinated me at the first place wasn't, wasn't really discovery, was really, like, using this Instagram data that I saw sprouting when, like, it kind of, like, catched on uh, two years ago, at least, like, one and, a half, one and a half years ago. And it was like going to bars and seeing people taking photos, taking photos. And I was like, okay, if this person is a good photo, if I'm not at that bar, I can see that photo. I can find it somewhere. So I started digging in this Instagram API and realized that those, those signals, those like social signals of someone taking a photo, kind of saying to all their friends, hey, this place is really cool. Uh, I could catch that information, which is as relevant as if they went on Yelp and said, oh, this is a cool bar in general. Right now it's a cool bar. I wanted to grab this information and like just see it for myself and see, okay, now I know whether the bar is in the area. I was really selfish at the beginning, just trying to get a sense of what's happening based on like all these people like uh, doing the job for me, those webcams right all over the city. And I think that, yes, there are a ton of people trying to do the same thing. Uh, for, I think for all the same reason that you, you live in big cities, uh, there's so much choice of where you could go. And so I guess it's a, it's a great idea to try to recommend places. Um, most people, I think, are trying to do that uh, by showing you what your friends have done or by showing you what like, a ton of people have said about that place, right? And I think we're using kind of a different approach because we are, yes, we could tell you your friend is here right now and then we've done it in the last version, but really we're trying to just use this crowdsource information, like public data, like big data is the buzzword right now. So it's, we're using big data to show you what's, ha what's happening, what's cool. And we've seen that uh, taking a photo is kind of the ultimate review. Like we'll not share a photo on Instagram if it's not something cool because it has become this, this social like uh, communication. Uh, you will not share a, a bad photo on Instagram, I think, or at least the one that you're not proud of. So you're not share a photo of a place you don't like. So really, it's like you, when you take a photo, you're just saying, hey, this place is cool. And so if you treat it like that, like the ultimate review, uh, then you, you realize, whoa, actually, I have like 10, 10 million, 20 million reviews a day of places that I can use to, to create this live Yelp, this live force, like whatever other social discovery you have, which usually use like old data, we're using live data. To, to to give the answer. So your 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 approach to this is that if it's if you're willing to take a photograph of something of a location, then that's 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 almost an endorsement by you saying that that I'm I'm not only I'm not embarrassed to be here. In fact, I'm I'm you know yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm I'm happy, happy to yeah. be here, and and I want people to know that I'm here, and I want people to remember that I was here, and I want people to actually enjoy this with me or at some point on their own. Ben Broca, ladies and gentlemen, 
fine, fine, fine young founder of now. Go get that app, getnowapp.com, if that is of any interest to you. Uh, getnowapp.com if you are interested in finding out more. There's a great little video about it, and uh, you can get that on iOS, and I believe, no, just iOS. Just iOS. But uh, let's support these young entrepreneurs and see if we can actually turn help them turn this into a good business. So, uh, Ben, appreciate you being on this show. Appreciate you being on Untether.tv. And we look forward to many great things from you guys uh, in the near future. Getnowapp.com. All right. All enough right. for the pleasantries. Let's get back into the show here. Uh, our fourth story is Steve. Take it away. Yeah, so our fourth story comes from a company called Mood Media. Uh, it's a company we, we haven't talked about uh, recently, uh, but uh, a company certainly we know well, um, and they've launched a, a thing called Mood Presence. And uh, this is an interesting play. This is uh, iOS and Android, um, and it's a mobile app-based solution where effectively what they're doing is they're uh, embedding uh, inaudible audio signals uh, that are being pumped through a retailer's existing sound system. Uh, so no hardware required uh, from a retail perspective. Um, you know, a, a mobile app required on the consumer side, either iOS or Android, that is basically sitting there listening for a high-frequency audio signal, uh, which then creates a call to action on a mobile device. So effectively, um, unique in the sense that they're using the existing uh, in-store um, audio systems to push this out, uh, but very similar in, in the execution to, say, what Shopkick does uh, using ultrasound technology uh, in their store. Uh, obviously, Shopkick is more loyalty-based. This is not. Uh, or even what Shazam does in terms of listening to audio signals in TV or radio or, or anything, quite frankly. So um, I, I like this play. I'm always, I'm always a big fan of integration of, of media, so you know, tying in in-store audio uh, and leveraging that platform from a retailer's perspective with mobile apps. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of that. So, so I, I like that they're kind of looking at it from this perspective. The idea here is, is to drive you know, some kind of call to action or engagement with those consumers once you understand that they're in the building, uh, so to speak. So that's where the presence uh, idea comes into this. So what are your thoughts, Rob? Well, I mean, I like this. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of taken aback. Um, I think we, we overcomplicate a lot of things, right? Uh, we, um, we have to go through this kind of process in order to identify that somebody's in your store. You know, it's kind of like, well, just look up from the cache or look up from your iPhone clerk and you'll see that that person's in the store so uh so i'm, I'm interested in the, the follow-up and what happens beyond that um you know this is this is a uh this is an entryway so i you know this kind of technology interesting as long as it doesn't require me to download another app i mean i if if this was embedded in some other app right well, well it's actually it's it's it, you can build it right. into your own retailer uh you know your, your existing app but, so, that's, so but that's a challenge right so you know i don't know what your thoughts are on that is that uh you know i, I know that that uh, brand consolidation is happening now. The brands are bringing their apps out and back to themselves, which I, I believe is is very important, and I believe wholeheartedly that they they've got to do that. Um, but it's not often that that you know I'm I'm playing around with the J C Penney app while I'm in J C Penney. You know what I mean? Um, and it, it's this this technology has to be brought into a a like a popular app so that it's it becomes ubiquitous. I know it sounds so easy for me to say it, but this this app this this functionality has to be in uh, Twitter's app. You know what I mean? In order mm -hmm. for it to be very effective for, for that store, uh, or else you, you run the risk of putting a lot of investment into the technology and, and, and it not touching, not hitting everybody that's in the store. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm picky that way. Um, 
Yeah, but but if I mean if if you're a retailer and you've got a, a popular a, app, a great yep. exist a popular app and you've got a good user base on it, adding this feature set, Easy. leveraging the existing in-store uh, you know sound yep. system to to do Very it, cool. not having additional hardware makes a it lot does. of sense. It right? does. So 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 I, I you know I see value here, but yeah, I mean if you don't have an app and you got to build this from scratch and build a user base oh. to go with it. Uh, yeah. But you know what's cool about this, though, Asif, is that uh, you said that this isn't really a loyalty play. I would say that, you know what, if I'm in the store, even if I don't buy anything ever, right? Ever. Mm-hmm. I think that this is a huge loyalty play because if I'm if I got the app somewhere installed and, and you know we're we're moving into that area where it, it's the app isn't the destination the app is the gateway right the app is the window sure. and, and that we've talked about this many times with apps like Moves like Flock like anything that resides in the background that is always on like our next story we're going to talk about Google now um, when you have that technology and if I'm a store and you know as long as it doesn't kill my battery when I launch the app I want something to reside always on if I'm the store if I'm the retailer so that mm-hmm. when I walk into the store and it detects the music automatically it just goes okay i hear that music i get loyalty points for just walking in the store you know, that sure. that kind of stuff in the background like that that would surprise and in, in, enchant people without being pushy like don't send me a text message don't send me an email just automatically recognize that i was there and anonymous you know and then give yep. me my give me my uh, my points or whatever it is uh yeah and that and that makes yeah. sense um you know i'm fully with you there i mean obviously there there isn't a loyalty program connected no. to this offering today but yeah i mean I, it could certainly be used in that framework. Uh, it's, i like that and and uh that's the automatic debit of the loyalty and i think that's cool so uh, Mood Media, Mood Media, exactly as it sounds, moodmedia.com. You can go and check that out. And I look forward to more of this. And I, you know what? I don't think, you know, I don't think that, uh, that Shazam will take this sitting down. That's, that's my view is that Shazam, you know, with their base of install uh, users, it's, it's incredible what they've got. So, but Mood Media is pretty cool. We should be talking about those guys much more. That's what I think. Moodmedia.com. There you go. Maybe they won't hit us. Maybe we won't get any hate mail from them. <laughs> All right. Our fifth yeah. story, story, you know, I, I am one of those guys. I'm an, I'm an iPhone user, and the, my, my entire, uh, you know, the only reason I've ever been jealous of Android is Google Now. People talk about it like it's the godsend. Uh, it, even um, uh, Robert Scoble uh, is all over this. He loves this tool. He loves this technology. And so was I ever excited when somehow it went unnoticed that they, they released it out into, um, into uh, you know, iOS into the iPhone world, and uh, we just became another part. If you haven't updated, if you have Google Search on your device right now on your iOS device, just update it. And inside there is what they call Google Now, but I call horseshit. Right? It's terrible, man. This is not the experience that I think that everybody was promised. This is not the Android experience. And uh, I think just like Google Maps was so different on Android for so long until this new version of iOS, this does not impress. This is a terrible piece of junk. There are so many other pieces of software that do it so much better than this. I, I don't know what your thoughts are, but to see if this this uh, I, I don't think I don't think I can add anything well, this, to that. I, I think it, it's terrible. It, it's um, I mean, kudos on Google for trying to to bring it to the iOS platform. Um, you know, the 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 look and feel is exactly the same or or very close to what you would get on on the Android platform. But the functionality yes. and, and the way it works is is absolutely brutal. Um, 
there, there's a bunch of stuff that's missing uh, in terms of the features that you would get on Android that you don't have yeah. here. Uh, they, they're not using Apple's uh, notification tray uh, to engage with that. You know, stuff that I would use that I would use Google now for. Um, that I, travel. for example, that I use pa- passbook for, like travel, like like my my boarding passes aren't available uh, uh, on the iOS version. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm struggling with. Um, why I would, you know, all of a sudden drop Passbook, for example, to use this. Or drop anything to um, use it. Or, or, or drop anything to use this. Um, you know, if I'm an Android guy, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. in love with this. I mean, I think it's great. But, um, yeah, I, I, I can't say anything more than you, Rob, well, on this. I think it's, it, it's, it's just a bad, a bad experience. It's a bad implementation. It's a limited implementation. It tells you everything that you already know. And not only that, you have to launch the app to get into it. I just... So, you know, you know, I went through the whole process. I tied it to all my accounts. And, and uh, you know what it does? It tells me what my calendar, my next appointment is, or when the Yankees are playing, or when the next Ottawa Senators game, or the temperature. And you know what? <sighs> what a terrible, terrible, terrible experience. And uh, you know what? I, I'm, I, I can only look at this and think Apple must be thinking, thank God this is so bad. Um, but I think in, in Google's defense... They did this with all the other applications, uh, th- but that's what's so surprising. They put so much emphasis on usability, UX, uh, for their new apps that just came out. Uh, all of them are beautiful. We talk about that all the time. Their Gmail app is beautiful. Yeah. Their uh, their Maps app is beautiful on us. Their, their, their UX and design is phenomenal. But, like, I mean, across the board. But this is just but... non-functional, like, delete material. Uh, and uh, so, man, you mean the calendar, what I use, tempo.ai? Uh, is a billion times better than that POS that I've now uninstalled off my iPhone. So well, and that's the other thing. I mean, the calendar on Google now for yeah. iOS, it's not even it doesn't even integrate with the with the local calendar. It, it it's only Google Calendar, right? So uh, so I, much wrong with it. It's like it was a mistake to release it, and maybe that's why they didn't put a big fanfare on it. But all of a sudden, it was there, and I I got excited about it. I was I was like, yes, I can't wait to get home like a kid unboxing, and I was like. Wow, 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 wow. Total disappointment. Yeah. Anyway, I'd like to know what you think. Right. You're allowed to disagree with us. Reach out and let us know if you're using Google Now on iOS or if this has just completely turned you off because it, it killed me. Yeah, brutal. Brutal. All right, see, story number six. We'll get off of Google Now and on to Foursquare. <laughs> on to our good friends at Foursquare. Love these guys. Guys, we'd love to have you on the show. <laughs> I don't think they want to ever come back on this show. Uh, but anyways, uh, we'd love to have you on the show. Um, so, so the news this week, uh, a leaked uh, PowerPoint presentation deck uh, got out on the market from a group called Valley Wag. And um, basically it points to Foursquare starting to try and generate some revenue by selling the data that they have. Uh, we know they've had, they got great data about you know where those 30 million users have been, what they do there, who they've been there with, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and so it looks like uh, sometime this month, officially, according to this deck, they're going to launch a product called Check-In Retargeting, which basically will allow an advertiser to target users outside of the Foursquare app for the first time. So, so the idea here is, is that up until now, if you use Foursquare, you can run an ad in there, you can have a special, you can have a coupon, you can you find you know, businesses or, or you know, restaurants near you, all that kind of stuff you were able to do before. But now what you're going to be able to do is is basically target a you know target a Foursquare user outside of the Foursquare app itself by leveraging that data. So so this you know the effectively ad retargeting. So including 
apparently, uh, Facebook's uh, FBX platform. So, so this is, I think, from a Foursquare perspective, what they have to do to you know, start to generate revenue. From a Foursquare user base perspective, I think this is going to cause serious problems. So at the end of the day, you know, the 30 million people they've got on the platform, which, you know, which is roughly how many users they have, how many downloads they have, um, the number of active users, people who actually use this thing on a weekly or daily basis is, is, is nowhere near that number. It's numbers I've seen are somewhere around you know, seven, 7 million users, something like that. Um, so, so first of all, there's a big drop off there in terms of active users. And now you're going to go out and tell those users that, well, wait a second, we're going to start selling all of your data. Uh, we didn't, we, you know, we never, we, you know, we didn't tell you we were going to do that, but now we're going to do that. Um, and I'm sure they're going to have to change their their whole privacy policies and everything else. So I can only imagine what the the user base is going to drop down to, you know, once they they actually start selling this stuff. And they have to do this. There, there, there's no, I mean, there's no way around it. Foursquare has to do this. This is the only way they're going to start to really make money. But the number of people that they're going to be doing this based on going forward is is going to be infinitely smaller than what it is today you know what you know nothing nothing to add i mean they, they've got whatever the five or six million monthly users and uh and whatever drops down you've got to be able to figure out that they can make money off of a million users so if that's what their their average monthly user base is uh a million people then then you know what they, they've got to be able to make money off of that and i say that tongue-in-cheek as i was trying to figure out what the uh, you know uh, facebook uh, just released their quarterly earnings and i'm uh and i think it was if i recall it was like 1.7 or 1.8 billion dollars for their quarterly revenue does that make sense it's like four mm -hmm. eight billion yeah roughly about that and 30 percent of that was mobile and these guys have uh the revenue came from mobile but these guys have uh 1.2 billion users and this is the kind of revenue that, that you're doing so if you just kind of bring that down and, and facebook is exactly that their entire revenue base is on advertising and retargeting and advertising and and uh if you if you just kind of extrapolate that what the revenue potential is for something like foursquare doing this um you know it's not very high with uh with with that uh small and install base um, but they have to do this, Asif. There's no doubt that they have to do this. And there was no doubt that this was coming. What else are you going to do with all this data, right? And and there's no doubt that they had to leverage that somewhere outside of their platform because it's not growing as fast as they want it to. But they need a way to be able to drive people to these locations. There's There's got to be a reason for people to uh, to pay Foursquare to for advertising, and uh, the data is it. And I think that this is, this is yeah. logical. You can't fault them. Like you said, you can't fault these guys. Yeah. No, no. I mean, they are talking about a second product yeah. too, which is what they call a post-check-in ad unit. Um, that, for me, probably has a better potential, uh, you know, in terms of not offending the user base. Um, so, so here, what they're talking about is a contextually serve ad that stays within the Foursquare app uh, that appears right, you know, right after you check in, and it's based on a normal kind of CPC type of model. So. I mean that makes sense, and as as a user of the of this of the platform, I would expect to get an ad. I mean that's just a regular you know thing that you would expect in in a, in a mobile platform today. But the retargeting piece based on my on my data, I, that's where as a user I'm going to struggle. Yeah, well it's a yeah uh, it's so, it's a harsh anyways. reality for these guys, isn't it? It yeah. is. It is that. And you know what? I always, I always think that maybe maybe uh, Crowley, he, like he never wanted to do this. Like I get that sense, right? Because it's been they've been delayed so much in getting the revenue, and, and I kind of get that sense. Uh, you know, like Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, that they never really wanted to do it this way, but it, they they kind of looked up and realized, well, 
we're either going to have to do this or we're going to sacrifice our business. And, and what's really interesting is that they're moving away to check-ins and into discovery. And, and this kind of technology is completely based on check-ins, right? Um, yeah. And so it's like, I get confused about that as well. Is that, are they, are they check, are they, you know, did they want you to check in or do they want they to use it as a discovery mechanism? But this tells me that they want you to continue to check in, even though that their marketing department are saying, we're not about check-ins anymore, we're about discovery. So lots of confusion there. And um, who knows where it ends up other than maybe sold to somebody, right? Yeah. All right, well, Foursquare, is about to sell all of our data so that they can target you with ads. Okay. Uh, <laughs> there you go. All, all right. right. Now, something a little bit lighter, shall we? It's not a yes. resource. Instead of our resource this week, uh, we decided to bring something a little bit fun um, to talk about. So what we have here is a new product uh, called Smart PJs. Kids love a good bedtime story, and now they'll love it even more. Choose a story from their PJs. Capture the code and that's it. It's simple and it's fun for everyone. Now your child will be excited to go to bed. Smart PJs, let's share a story together. From a company in Idaho, I don't know what's with Idaho today, this is like the <laughs> Idaho show or something. Uh, so, so it's not just potatoes folks. All right. They also have smart PJs, and so what these are um, is you know literally uh, kids' pajamas uh, with polka dot colorful polka dot patterns on them, and um, the the way the patterns are assembled is is they they're kind of like a QR code. So there's a smartphone app that you can get along with these pajamas, uh, and uh, you basically scan the you know the combination of these polka dot patterns like you would scan a QR code, and it reads a story, uh, a bedtime story for for your child, you know, as, as they're wearing the pajamas and going to sleep. Um, so kind of fun. I I, I like it. Um, not sure it's this kind of you know I I would use this um, you know every day as a parent, but. Um, you know, maybe if you're on the road and you you can't carry a lot of books around with you and all that kind of stuff, you know, it, it might, might be a fun thing. And the price point is not bad either. I mean, twenty five bucks. So um, available for both boys and girls, you know, ages one to eight. So there you go. God, this is this is always so fascinating, right? Is that uh, it's the simple things, right? That I, I, yeah. Where the adult size version of these? I would I would like to be read a story. You know, in a full size pajamas like yeah. this. But if you're interested in go to Smart PJs, exactly as it sounds, smartpjs.com, and you can order these things. Yeah. I can just see it now, Rob. Your wife sitting there scanning, and it's like Harlequin book it comes comes to life. And then and then she'll she'll look over at me in these polka dot full-piece pajamas and just say, yeah. uh, we're done. <laughs> I'm out of this relationship. <laughs> done! Oh, man. Nice. Smartpjs.com. Nice. It will end your marriage. But it will satisfy your children, definitely. It looks there pretty cool. You go. All, All right, right, that is it. Episode number 128 in the can. Uh, we will be back uh, for next week for episode number 129. Again, if you guys have anything to say about this, if you are a company that we have besmirched or encouraged in a good, positive way, we would love to hear from you. Reach out, uh, rob at untether.tv or cfettheLBMA.com, and we will let you come on. It doesn't have to be a full interview. You can just come on and say your piece. You can also, here's another, <laughs> we, for those of you out there who want to comment on what we've talked about, just go to untether.tv forward slash talk 
and you can leave a voicemail for us. Forget this email, passive-aggressive stuff. Get on the phone, start screaming at us, and we will play it in its entirety. No cap. You can scream as long as you want at us on tether.tv slash talk. I entice you. I implore you. Please go there and, uh, and defend your company or thank us for letting us, you know, for, for talking about you guys in a positive way. And if you're Foursquare, you can do the same thing. We're okay with that. Do it on tether.tv forward slash talk. Anything else to see for should we uh, close this one down? No, I think we're good. All right. Remember, whatever podcast you saw, software you use, wherever you download this, uh, remember it's our currency. If you go and give us a good review, uh, we implore you to just hit up iTunes or hit up uh, whatever you know, whatever podcast software you're using, and uh, give us a, a good star review. It helps us. It helps you. We'll continue to bring these stories as long as you do that. So uh, until next week, please, you got a week to do it. We're going to be checking on you, all of you listening out there. We're going to be checking to see if you actually give us a review. We'd appreciate it, and we will be back for episode number 129 next week. Safe, safe travels. Have a great week. Thanks See you later, much. everybody. Cheers.